Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to it like Dan Red Wings. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. I'm your host, Brian Fisher. Find me on Twitter at BrianFisher971. With me today, as always, is the other host here at Lockdown Red Wings, Scotty Bentley, also host at Lockdown Tigers. Find him on Twitter at Bentley Scotty. And Scotty, before we get into the obvious things we're going to talk about, the Red Wings falling to the Columbus Blue Jackets 5-3 to in Columbus, and then they're previewing the game in Dallas on Tuesday night, which is tonight by the time you're listening to this, do want to get your thoughts on the Tiger signing Eduardo Rodriguez because this is the only time I get to do Tiger talk. These little snippets before the show actually kicks off and just like how big of a deal this is for the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a it's a huge deal. Um, yeah, I, I for as you said, host of Locked On Tigers, too. If so, if you want the, the excitement of that one. Uh, you, you can go listen to tomorrow's show where it's just going to be a complete breakdown of, of Erod and, and the signing and everything. But it, it's, a, it's a very, very – it's an awesome signing. It's incredible. Uh, th- there's, there's no reason anyone should be upset about it. It's a, it's a really big deal. That's a front of the rotation kind of a starter. Not a true ace, but a, but a top-line front of the rotation starter for this team that already took a big step forward. He's still in his late 20s. You're, you're, you're adding that to a, to an already such a young core with such a bright future. And uh, and and I'm I'm I've been talking about it all day. I've been writing about it and and being guests on shows and stuff. And and I have not still. I'm just as excited now as I was when I woke up this morning and and found out the news. It, it's absolutely fantastic. Um and and we're a short stop away. We're a short stop away. Well, and then. The news that Carlos Correa officially declined his offer, as well. He did. So he did. Uh, he's a little something. I mean, you'd know better than I, but that officially makes him on the market, though, right? Yeah, yeah. So qualifying offers are are weird. There's it's very complex and and is definitely not something we need to do a deep dive on. But but basically, it it uh, the qualifying offer is a one year, eighteen and a half ish million dollar deal that the team can can offer um and, and he declined that which like everyone knew he was because it's only a one-year thing um and the astros are still like very much could still just give him a you know a five-year or ten-year deal and bring him back like that's certainly not out of the question but uh eduardo rodriguez declined his qualifying offer yesterday and signed today so here we Correa are just declined this that's all i'm saying that's well the, I'm saying. The, the last thing i'll say too is that um the signing of Eduardo Rodriguez means that Chris Illich wasn't lying when he said the team was going to start spending money. And obviously the, the jump in salary to Carlos Correa is pretty significant, but it, it's reassuring to see like, oh, they're, they're actually spending to make the team better now. Like they're spending in free agency because that's what you want to see. The team's trying to compete. You spend in free agency to like finish your team off. And that, that yeah. seems to be the route they're going. means here we go. Let's get yeah, it. <laughs> it's game time. We, we haven't signed anyone to more than a one-year deal. Outside of Robbie Grossman, who last year we signed to a two-year deal, Ooh. we haven't signed anyone to more than a one-year deal since 2016. 
and we just locked up a dude for five. 16 was so, the last year they tried to compete, too. Exactly. So pretty exciting, baby. Pretty excited. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Shortstop next, though. Shortstop next. Well, I'm glad that the Tigers did something for you today because the Detroit Red Wings definitely broke our hearts. Um, got did. up to a 2 nothing lead. I Honestly, I was at LCA watching the Detroit Pistons get their skulls crushed here by the Sacramento Kings. Um, but I was following along on Twitter. I watched the condensed game afterwards. I don't understand how you have a 2 nothing lead. I mean, I do understand, obviously. But you blow the 2 nothing lead after looking so good in the first 40 minutes. And then in the third period, just all the wheels come off. And you, all, the first two periods, even though they were getting outshot, looked more like the game on Saturday against Montreal. And then the last period looked like the game on Thursday against Washington. It's just like... The consistency thing, man, we, we've brought it up before, but the consistency thing is just not quite there yet. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I mean, I thought they looked fantastic in the first. I was really pumped. The boys were buzzing, looked good. Uh, were, the shots were, were a lot closer in the first, even though they were still out shooting us, we were winning, but it wasn't that big of a differential. Then as the game went on, the the, the the, the boys started slowly getting kind of falling back and falling back, playing with a little less energy, a uh, little less sharpness, a little less quickness, and it slowly started going back. And then, yeah, by the, by the last 10 minutes of the third, it was, it was pretty much wrapped. I mean, it was the, the, the third period was, was incredibly ugly, and yes. it's so weird. It's so weird when that happened in the same game, man. Like it's so weird to me. Like, like I get it, man. Like I, I, I totally, <laughs> the, the, the physical, you know, things that that those dudes put through is crazy. But it's just so weird to me that they can look so good in the first period, and then so bad in the third. Well, and then the second was just like a slow decline to, from from a bridge from one to the other. Yeah, I mean they held a two nothing lead until seven minutes left in the second period, and then they scored two goals two minutes apart and. It and that that's just when the wheels came off. That that second half of the second period, they played, like you said, a really good first twenty, an okay second twenty, and then just an absolutely abysmal third period. And it just, it's funny because it's the story of the season condensed into one single game for us. Like we talk about it, where you know they have these great games and then they have these bad games, and this game was both of that in the same game, <laughs> and like the the. Uh, what Chinnikov got his first NHL goal against us. It, yeah. there, were, there were a lot of things. And there were some good things to talk about, too. Like the first line, for instance. Dylan Larkin had a goal and assist. Tyler Bertuzzi had an assist. Lucas Raymond had a goal and assist. So the first line continued to produce, which was awesome. Michael Rasmussen got his first goal of the season on, I don't know how that got through on Mirzlin, because that's completely on him, to be honest. It was a, a shot from the blue line as he broke into the zone. It, I don't know what Merzlinkas was doing on that one. But he got the goal. So there were some positives on the game. So... And, and focus disclosure, when I saw it was seven minutes left in the third period, six and a half minutes left in the third period that Lucas Raymond gave us the lead, I fully was like, oh, we won. I didn't think, and, you know, there's still plenty yeah, of time left too. in the third period, but when Lucas Raymond scores a goal, you think you're winning the game. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a, it was a great opportunity. The offense looked really good there. Um, but, but, I mean, man, just, just. I, I can't believe we went from winning with like five minutes left. We went from winning by a goal to to losing by two. Yeah. <laughs> and like we were winning we were winning by a goal with five minutes left in the entire game. 
and lost by two in regu- regulation, obviously. I mean, that's, that's, that's tough. Yeah, you let Gus Nyquist put, uh, have two assists on you as well. Never, never Gus, good luck. man. I miss him. Gus. I, I still I low love key, Gus. Yeah, I love him, man. I'm I still love him. Gus, man. Ugh. Um, Thomas Grice is another guy, though. He looked great in the first period. He made a couple of really big saves, and then just... I mean, granted, he got peppered. Like, another game where the Wings got heavily outshot despite having a lead through most of it. Um, Grice made 33 saves on 37 shots against, but, you know, that's only a save percentage of 8.92, and it's just... <laughs> it, it sucks, because I don't want to be too critical on him, because he did take a lot of shots in this game. And so, like, eventually, if you have enough shots, you're going to score goals, but you, he's just another guy, like the, like the skaters. You know, first two periods were great. Third period, just... He let in some really weak goals, in my in my opinion. No, I, I agree with you. I, I, the, the first period, he was on his head, man. I mean, he because I mean he was getting peppered from from the start. The defense really never found their footing. Um, but but he looked great at, at the first period. Uh, ha, I mean, had a shutout after one and and was, was looking really good. And then the second period, uh, just I, I mean, that's what that's what getting a lot of shots thrown at you does, man. You just get peppered, you slowly break them down, and then. By the third, I mean, yeah, like the the it was either the game tying or the first go ahead goal was just, I mean, almost entirely on him. Just, yeah. just not, not, not great positioning, and, and had plenty of time to make a save and just didn't. And, um, yeah, that that was, and it, you know, it wasn't off brand for the entire team. The entire team did that. Like had a, had really strong start to the game, got out out in front and looked really good, and then just slowly, um. Yeah, Columbus just broke our will. Yeah, and we'll have more thoughts um, coming up here on it. It's just, I, I'll save my thoughts. I'll save my thoughts till after I, I talk to you guys about their TV stream. Uh, does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live and another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good, good stuff. I mean, personally, I mooch multiple accounts for multiple people. You know, my sister's for Disney Plus. I got my roommate for Hulu. I'm just all over the place. Absolutely. That's why I'm here to talk to you guys about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Right from the faceoff, Red Wings control. Conwall to Centerberg. All right, Scotty, we kind of vented our frustration about the Wings game, but there are a couple other things we want to clean up about it before we preview the Dallas Stars game tonight. Uh, Phil Zadina and Joe Valeno. Uh, Valeno got called up. We want to ch- chat in on that. But I think first and foremost, we should talk about the elephant in the room and the, the lack of production from your second-line winger, Phil Zadina. And we've kind of been glossing over it because of the phenomenal performances by Lucas Raymond, by Moritz Sider, by Bertuzzi, by uh, Lark. Did I say Larkin? 
those, those four guys, you know, the captain of the team. <laughs> um, those four guys, and even lately, Nemestikov and Suter, like we've kind of just been pushing the Zadina problem away. And I think it's time we talk about it because not only was he invisible tonight, uh, there were several plays where he contributed to goals against. and Or I guess contributed in a way that because he didn't contribute anything. And it's becoming more so a problem because he's playing meaningful minutes on the second line and he's still failing to produce anything. He's only got two goals on the season. They came early. He's got six points in, I believe, uh, 16 games played. It's just he has been invisible out there for uh, for the Detroit Red Wings. And he's a team, he's a player rather, that taking that sixth overall in the 2018 NHL draft, said he was going to fill the back of the net and just hasn't done that. And is it time, I guess, to start looking at what might be the reality of the situation? For sure, no. I mean, th- I think I think this game is a great game to highlight as a conversation starter. By, by no means are either of us saying that this is like done deal. You know, he he's a bust. He, whatever. Like he's still he's still so young and and could absolutely figure it out. But but I think uh, I think it's time. That the conversation started, I really do. I think that, um, like you said, we, we were told that he was a goal scorer. We were told that he was he was going to find ways to put the puck in the net, and that was going to be his forte. And at no point in his Red Wings career has that been his forte. And he's shown flashes where people were, were impressed with his passing and his vision and stuff. Like, the, there have been bright spots, but but the the one thing that he – that you know, his hat was hung up, that, that he hung his hat on and, and that everything was was kind of built around coming into uh, his, his pro career over here um, was about goal scoring. And, and I mean, there hasn't even been like a stretch. There hasn't even been like a like a, oh, for two weeks here, he really filled it up. And if he could just maintain that, like, you know, like Mantha was like a roller coaster. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, oh, like, like like sometimes he he'd get he'd get six goals in in ten games or eight games and then sometimes he'd go two weeks without scoring like Zadina hasn't even give us a, given us a stretch yet and he's, again he's still so young there you know I'm not, I'm not saying just give up on the kid right that, and neither of us are saying that but um, I I think it's probably time to to start the conversation at least yeah and that that's true too. It's. I always forget that even though he this is his fourth NHL season that, or third technically because he played the nine game minimum in eighteen nineteen when he was nineteen years old right. he's only twenty two so that is important mm-hmm. to keep in mind and this will be his first full NHL season I want people to realize that this is going to be the first eighty two game season that Philip Zadina play has played in his career despite having played in three, four different separate NHL seasons to some extent. He's played, he played nine games in 2018-2019. 19-20 got shortened because of COVID. He only played 28. And 2021 was already a shortened season because they were trying to get back on track, so they only played like half the games. 49 games played. This will be his first full NHL season at 22 years old. So while I want to hold off on like using the bust term that I already see being flown around, it is important to note that like his shooting percentage is horrible. Absolutely abysmal. And this is a guy who... It always has that. Yeah. It's never been good. It was... I mean, in 1920, actually, it was decent. It was 13.3%, which is about league average for shooting. It's a little above league average. Um, In those 28 games played, 
But outside of that, it's consistently been 5.6, 6.2, 5.9. And last season, we got told, be, continue to be patient. Like, he's getting the opportunities. He's just not finishing on them. That low shooting percentage isn't consistent. I believed it. I mean, I, and I still am, like, trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, through 16 games here, he's only got a 5.9 shooting percentage and only two goals and four assists on 16 games played, and he's playing top six minutes. And while I'm, I'm keeping in mind the first full season, he's only 22, you know, when does the goal scoring happen? Because it hasn't happened yet. And if it doesn't happen, what do you do? This is a guy that was playing top-line minutes for us last year. He, he was on our, on our first line last year when he was up and healthy. Like, and, and now, you know, we got some depth, and, and we, you know, Raymond has been fantastic, and, and we've gotten some more pieces that have, have caused him to move down. But, um, I, I mean, to go from, from getting, not necessarily consistent, but getting top-line opportunities last year at, at 21 to, to now playing, what, what did he play, 12 minutes? Tonight, 12 minutes, which is actually notably two minutes shorter than the rest of his line mates. So something right. happened there. He may have gotten benched for a couple a couple shifts or something because he was underperforming. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, and, that, and that's with a power play opportunity in there, too. I mean, that's that. I don't know, man, that it's it's uh, it, it's something that the fans are definitely starting to realize and starting to, to talk about and, and make more of a conversation. And uh, I, I would love to be a fly on the wall to hear what the front office thinks of him because uh, this is also like we have to remember the, the era that we're in as far as front office, right? Like, like when Iserman took over and like who Iserman's guys are and who Collins guys are, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. I don't know. Well, interesting, interesting viewpoint. And strangely enough too, his Corsi through these 16 games is positive. He's got a 15 point, or 52.1 Corsi, which if you're above 50%, means you're contributing positively on the right. ice. If you're looking at the Corsi, Corsi metric, same thing with Fenwick. It's it's all it's 0.6 off. And those are the same. Those two statistics are just slightly measured differently, but basically correlate to the same thing. means your team touches the puck more when you're on the ice than when you're not on the ice. Um, at even strength. Got to put that little caveat in there. At even strength. At even um, strength. So it's weird situation where... The, He's not putting up points. His shooting percentage is horrible, but also like the advanced metrics say that he is contributing positively when he's on the ice, at least if you're looking at Corsi. Um, I know you say like war hates him. Uh, <laughs> you said that uh, before the hockey, show. Hockey war hates him, yes. I, 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 uh, I haven't looked since early on in the season for, uh, for this year, but I know last year war absolutely like like was like the worst player on the wings according to hockey war like yeah, war war absolutely hates him for sure yeah. um but it's just well i i find myself losing patience and like oh he's just not it like it's important to realize even though he has four years under his belt you got to realize how many games he played in the cross those four years he's only at 102 games played he's only played 20 games more than a full NHL season. He hasn't played a full NHL season yet. So, well, I get the impatience when you look at, like, oh, he's been on the team since 1819. Yeah, but he really hasn't played all that much because of the pandemic. And, like, that, that's just, that's the situation. So many other players that, like, the pandemic's, like, thrown off our, the passage of time. Like, I forgot, like, there were two half seasons. 
Like mm-hmm. we, this is Steve Eiserman's first full season as GM. Right. Like right. we've had two half seasons with him as GM, and it's just it's wild. Also, I'm looking at his hockey rooms right now. Did you know we got Lady Bing votes last year? Really? Yeah, he finished 35th in Lady Bing voting. So he got Hell at least yeah. one vote for the Lady Bing trophy. Got some votes. We we got him in there. <laughs> um. So yeah, I guess I guess the moral of the story here is like it's frustrating, yes, but continue to be patient because he is still very young. For sure. Conversation started, but certainly nowhere close to, to bust ended. territory yet. Yeah. Um, sure. The other player to note. Uh, well, actually, before we talk about that, we ended up talking about Phil Zidane this whole time. Before we get to Joe Valeno, I know I said we get to it this segment, but I got to talk to you guys first about betonline.ag. They're backed and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball and hockey season. More props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all your basketball and football and hockey action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use their promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Samuelson holds it there and then twirls. Walker watching him as it came back to Lebda. And a shot! All right, before we preview the Dallas Stars game, we did promise we'd talk about Joe Valeno. He did get called up through the Mitchell Stevens injury. We were all pretty pumped about that, and then they immediately slotted him on the fourth line. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and, and, like, you know, I, I mean, it, I, I guess it makes sense. Um, it does, but it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. I, I, I mean, the highest you would have put him is third, right? I mean, yeah. like, you know, we're, we're talking about the difference between probably, like, two minutes he would have played or something. Um, I mean, like, he played the fourth line and everyone looked bad in the third. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this game is – I'm much more intrigued just on on us being right yet again and, and like, he was always going to be the first call. You yep. know what I mean? If, if anyone went down, no matter what caliber, he, he was always going to be the first call and he was the first call. So, uh, I, I'm glad that we were right about that. I'm glad that he'll get – He's not going to get consistent 20 a night like he was in Grand Rapids, but he's going to get consistent 10 to 12, right? And that's that's at least something. Getting getting consistent NHL playing time, even if it is only a little over 10 minutes, is is at least something for his development. So I'm 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 much I'm very happy that that he was the first call. I'm glad he's up. Um, not too terribly much to talk about in this game specifically, but. I mean, it sounds like he's going to be here for, for a little bit with the injury. Yeah, and but see, that's the thing, though. It's not like he's coming up for one game and he's getting 10 minutes of ice time. What concerns me is that, and you're right, like we're, 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 the highest we slot him is the third line. Like, Pew Suter is the second line center, Dylan Larkin is the first line center. So that's where our, the argument comes. If he's going to be here for a long time, it's like, and he is the obvious first call up, it's like he's kind of stuck between this rock and the hard place in terms of his development, where... Right now, if he's going to be getting consistently 10 minutes a night, he's almost better served. And we talked about this, and actually it almost feels like we're on the opposite side of this than we were back then, where I was saying, like, oh, he deserves to be on the roster. You were saying he should be in the AHL getting the minutes. Now we're on the flip side. You're like, oh, I'm glad he's here. I'm like, well, what's the, where's the benefit in it? Like, if he's only playing 10 minutes a night, how is that going to benefit his, 
development, but there's also not really much room for him to move up in the lineup. So he's almost better served being in Grand Rapids, despite being NHL ready. It's just a weird situation for him. But I guess I'm glad he's here. (laughs) Yeah, it's just that weird, that weird uh, growing pain kind of a thing that that any non like elite top prospect goes through when they're trying to break through in the NHL and 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 going through that that growth of okay, you're you're very clearly too good for the A, but you know maybe you aren't quite quite ready for top six at the NHL and and um, I guess my my caveat would be like I, I, it would be cool maybe to get him in and, and get him some special teams minutes like if you're going to keep him on the fourth maybe mixing him in like he's obviously not going to replace the first line of, of of the power play by any stretch but but maybe putting him in and getting him some minutes as like second unit power play or or even I mean I, prob, I can't imagine Blasher would put him at second unit penalty kill um, but but I don't know. I, I, may, that's a, a nice way for him to to get some minutes, have a chance to gain some confidence because we're you know we're going to be have have the man advantage. I think maybe that would be like my one thing of like you you can put him on the fourth and I'll be okay with him being the fourth because he was never going to be top six at full health. Um, but but maybe a, a way to get him a, a an extra minute or two in there uh, when making him be second unit power play. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I, I guess in the end, like I said, it's just. His de- hit where he's at in his development because he's not like an elite top prospect. He's a bit stuck between a rock and a hard place. Where I guess it's good that he's the first call up. It's good that he's getting NHL minutes in the end, um, for however long it is, and eventually he will be on the roster. It just and I, I, I mean, evidently, like you got to trust Steve Eiserman and what they're thinking. Like they they clearly have Absolutely. an idea for him and they have a plan for him and they're working on it. And I trust that. It just sucks when it's like just ten minutes a night and you're like you're chomping at the bit to see more of him and he's just slotted right, on the fourth yeah. line, but I get it. There's nowhere you can't play him higher because the, who's on the lineup above him, but he's also right. the guy to call up cause he's NHL ready. So it's, I get it. I it doesn't mean I can't be frustrated by it. The, the silver, right. For sure. But the silver lining is that means this team has depth for the first time in a long time. Right. So that's like something. Yeah. You can at least it's look true. at in a positive life and be like, hey, if, you know, two years ago, if this was happening, he'd, he'd be 2C. <laughs> like, and, and because of just the lack of depth and, and shedding we did and, and how bad we were. Um, and now we're at it. We have, we have a team that, that actually has some enough depth for a person to even be in this position. So I guess that's my, my attempt of finding the silver lining. No, it's a good silver lining. I, 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 I value that. That's a, it's a good thing to say. Just the fact that, you're right. I mean, we have depth and we didn't have that for years past. And now it's, it's just a weird, like, I didn't even consider that. Like that is like a roundabout good thing to have a problem where like you have too many players who are NHL ready sitting in the a, like that's a good thing. Right. Problem. We haven't had in, a, in like half a decade. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, let's move on now to the Dallas stars preview. We got a few minutes left. We'll just we'll pound this out. Let's get, push through power through. Um, yeah, so they take on the Dallas Stars tonight. I don't know what it is with the NHL and scheduling this team on back-to-backs. It's weird now because it's in the middle of the week, too. A month, you're traveling from Columbus now to Dallas to play on a back-to-back, and that's going to be rough on the team. Um, the Dallas Stars are a weird team, too, where I can't really get a read on them. They're five, like how we were saying with the Columbus Blue Jackets, even more so with the Stars. They're five, six, and two. They're six in the Central Division. But get this, of those five wins, 
Only one is a regulation win, and that came just their last game. That's weird. Yeah. That's like object. Like there's, it's not even like oh like, let's do some deep analysis and like oh maybe like this like that's just whack, bro. Yeah. Like that's 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 just that's just weird as hell. So, <laughs> their their first game, their first win was a the home their home opener, not their home opener, but their season opener in New York, three to two overtime. Their second win was in Pittsburgh, two to one shootout. Third win was at home against Los Angeles, three to two overtime. Their fourth win was in Calgary, 4-3 overtime. They finally got their fifth win on Saturday in regulation 3-2 at home against Philadelphia. I, that, how, when I saw they got their first regulation win, I'm like, did they not have a single win all season? I'm like, no, they have five wins now. They, their only wins were in overtime. It's wild. That's why I can't get a read on how good this team is. I mean, granted, they have five wins and eight losses once you count the overtime losses, so... You know, they're a below 500 team, and we kind of, you know, they made it to the playoffs against Tampa Bay, two, the Stanley Cup final two years ago against Tampa Bay, but we kind of knew that was like a, they got hot at the right time thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, it's weird. I mean, and also just the, the I don't know, like the personnel on the team are weird. Like, it's a situation where you, you uh, they're definitely not one of the bottom dwellers of the league. Like, like absolutely not, but um, I, have a- I don't know, like contention seems like kind of a like like deep playoff threat is not a word i'm going to use either like i don't know it's it's all weird that the team is weird i'm still tired of playing them <laughs> when we play them every other night last season i'm, I'm still have that is not worn off and i'm i'm oh it's just the the stars and, and their jerseys just oh gross. their jerseys are horrible but that's Disgusting. a different topic um I, I yeah i have a hard time taking them seriously too as like a uh a, a playoff threat um, in this game, anything could happen. It's like Columbus all over again. Anything could happen. Uh, Brayton Holpe, after a subpar year with the Vancouver Canucks, is actually off to a pretty good start with them, though. He's got a 9.18 save percentage and a goals against, get goals against average of 2.54. So he's been solid in that. Um, their top skaters are Miro Heiskanen, who, I mean, we, we figured that. On defense, he's got 12 points in 13 games played for uh, three goals, nine assists. Pavelski's got eight points in 13 games. Tyler Sagan's got eight points in 13 games. But it really it really goes down from there. So they don't get a single point per game or better player. And their defense leads the way with Miro Heiskin in. So it's, it's the guy, he's averaging 24 minutes a night, 25 minutes a night. That's insane. So, yeah, it's really it's really the Miro Heiskin in show down in Dallas. Hey, we, we've shown the ability to be able to shut down a, a, a top-end player. We have been able to shut down, and we've been shown like the ability to score on good goalies. Like they're, they're you know, we we've put our we we've uh, we've shown out a little bit, we've shown <laughs> out a little bit. We and, and and like I said, the biggest thing is just we. I mean, you know, this, this team held Ovechkin to zero shots. It was in a loss, but held Connor McDavid held to just Ovi one goal. Right, <laughs> held held Ovi to, to zero shots in a game. Um, so. Shut down the players, shut down the team. If that's the mindset, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't mind the wings. Yeah, no, and they've they've played genuine, generally played better on the second half of a back to back so far this season, um, which is weird. Yeah, but which is we'll very weird. It. Yeah, and so I'm thinking good things for Detroit as they head to Dallas. Um, I would just worry about the fatigue thing, but again, they've they've played well against teams on the second half of back to backs. So, yeah, 
Oh, oh, we Luke Glendening. Luke Glendening. Oh, Glendening. Oh, my king. My absolute king. I love that man like no other. Yeah. Oh, I miss him. Well, how, how's he doing? We're going to be losing a lot of face-offs. You know what? Let me put it that way. No, Let no. me put it that way. I'm looking this up because I heard he wasn't as good in the face-off circle down in, uh, down Honestly, in Dallas. Good. He's ours. Good. That was his good. legacy with us here. Oh, let's see. Dallas, face-off percentage. Nah, he's got a 50.4. <laughs> he's not last hey, year levels, but that's still... He's still that wasn't, more. Yeah, that wasn't the 68 he was rocking with two weeks left in the season last year or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But he's still winning over half of them. So, all right. That's the dog, man. That's the dog. I love him. Oh, we, we're love we're going to get back on the horse tomorrow. We're going to go yes, win-loss, sir. win-loss the rest of the way out of the season. Hey, five hundred. I'll take that over what we've had the last three years. I'll gladly take 500 ball the rest of the way. Yeah, get back on the horse and uh, win the hockey game in Dallas. Let's let's go. Let's, yeah, it's LFG. A, it's a well, yeah, big time. And and like we talked about with consistency, you know, second games of back-to-backs are, are prove-it games for teams that are trying to contend. Yep. So continuing that momentum and continuing to be just as competitive in the second game as you were in the first game of back-to-back is is a very big step forward that, that teams trying to come out of rebuilds take. So all eyes on you, baby. Man uh, in the arena. Uh, probably have Nedeljkovic in net, too, I would imagine, on the second half I would, of back-to-back. I would pretty much so- guarantee that, yeah. Right there, based on how he's played since the home opener against Tampa, that that's a huge boost. And I imagine, I mean, it does affect the team. Not saying the team doesn't play confidently in front of Grice, but I think there's definitely a little bit more confidence with Nedeljkovic in that right now. So I think yeah. that uh, that that right there is going to help him out big time. We ball, baby. We ball. Uh, make sure you guys check out Locked On Bets. They're your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Uh, We'll be back with a Tuesday game recap against the Stars with you tomorrow. And that's going to be a little bit of a weird one. I'm actually going to be up north hunting, and I'll be recording it from my grandparents' cottage. So my audio might sound a little bit worse than typical, but uh, I'm not going to miss a game recap. No, I'm not going to do that. You know what? We ball. We ball. I'm, I'm not going to miss a game recap, so I'll be there. And uh, we're, we're going to knock that thing out. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. You're locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day.